Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. Good evening, Fantasy Affarians, and welcome to this week's Mistress or Marriage. I am your host, Brad Stickler. I'm here with a special guest today. My normally scheduled co-host is actually enjoying a well-deserved vacation right now, sipping some Mai Tais on the beach. Uh, so we're here We're here to have somebody that give me a little bit of challenge, because Andy likes to kind of agree with me all the time, and that's that's boring. So to make sure I'm not bullshitting you, we brought in the madman himself. Sean, how you doing, man? I'm wonderful. There'll be no tickling tonight, my friend. No, nobody's tickling anybody tonight. You guys do like to tickle each other a little bit. Well, I mean, we're, we're Navy guys. Yeah, you weirdos. <laughs> Who knows what goes on those boats? That's right. That's right. Boats. Oh, shit. So what you, what you been up to, man? Oh, it was a good day. It's a beautiful day here in Chicago. Chicago, it was nice. It's probably going to be the best day we'll have in a while. Just 50 and sunny. Got to take the little rug rat outside, let him run around after school. So it was a nice day. The playoffs nice. are here, man. It's the playoffs are here. It's yeah, scary. right. Ready, starting right now as we're talking. Yep, it's exciting, right? So, do you already you already had a couple uh, start sit decisions that you've been thinking about, or you had pretty solid lineups for this week? I had one, and it was. Uh, I think I might have missed the train on Acres. I I, th- I oh, thought about throwing him oh. in a flip tonight. I really thought about it. I was thinking about it. I'm gonna blame Andy from the footballers for talking me out of it. Friggin' idiot. Screw yep. you, Andy. Screw you, Andy. I was thinking about it. And then you just like, no, no, it's terrible. And part of it though, I, my other options, I think it was Clyde and uh, I had a couple other decent options. I got to see, I might regret that. I had a bunch of tough options and he seemed like the best one. So yeah, he's already, he's already got nine carries for 84 yards and a catch for 16 yards. So he's at a hundred yards already man. And they are yet. Is it? Nope. They're in the second quarter. Right wow. Uh, I'm sorry. They're not even in the second quarter. There's 50 seconds left to go in the you first quarter. I got to give a shout out to Dandy Boy, too, man. You're just, Dandy Boy's jerking off in his bedroom right now, just <laughs> hammering away. Yeah. He's, he's throwing a party tonight. Hey, yeah. congratulations, Dandy Boy. You got yourself a real breakout game. That last one was fake. Here we go. This is happening. Yeah. His, seen, right? What was it? 17 for 71 and a touchdown last week, I think, is what he ended up with. And everybody was freaking out about it, right? So, yeah, this is a coming out. I, I'm the same way, man, as as him. I, I've always liked Cam Akers. I liked him coming out. Um, he was my my RB2 coming out, maybe a little higher than what he should have been. But, uh, you know, I've been a big-time truther of him. So, yeah, it's fun to, it's fun, fun to watch it. So, so you smile on your face. You're a happy yeah, guy. That's right. That's right. So, you got a, you got a little gift in the mail today, right? Your uh, oh, your your microphone. Oh, I am so pumped for for myself and for everyone that has to hear my voice because it's <laughs> going to be a little bit more clear when you hear it now. And I got it set up today, but there's a couple little. I uh, got to work out some kinks. And next time, I believe Sunday, I should have it ready for the for the Sunday night recap with Burks. So, looking forward to that. It's exciting. We're yeah, building a little sure. studio and gonna get. We're going we're gonna to take this stuff seriously, guys. We're going to bring you the best we can bring you, all right? We're not going to half-ass this shit no more, all right? That's right. We want to bring quality, right? That's what we're looking for, quality. Damn, Damn I right. Like I like it. So uh, how many leagues you got in the playoffs right now? How many well, teams? Well, everyone knows my tragic story um, that listens to the Madman has kind of knows my background. I had to give away some teams 
and uh, I just kept a few. So everyone that I kept is in the playoffs and I know my other teams, it was a good year. Like I wish I would have kind of kept my teams at this point because I know that I think six out of seven dynasties made it. So, and I was trying to lose in the one. So it was a really good year for the madman. So it's, it's even scarier now. I think that, but it feels good to have so many teams doing well, but it's still the playoffs, man. There's still that tension of, of just the Patriots D or Jalen Rager punt returns. Like I said, last time, you just don't know who, who's going to be the, it's all about heroes for me right now. Who's going to be the hero. And I've, I just, I can't wait to see who this year's heroes are because you never yeah. know. Yeah, for sure. One of those things that's always bit me in the ass is questioning your studs, right? So like last week, for instance, nobody ever would have questioned playing Justin Herbert, right? Now there was always that little birdie in the back of your head saying, Bill Belichick with rookie quarterbacks, don't no. do it. But you're like, the guy's been balling. There's no way I'm sitting this guy. Well, now it happened. So now you get into the playoffs and you're like, oh, God, do I sit Justin Herbert now or do I play him with confidence? You start to question some of those things that in the regular season you never would have questioned. Right. Yep. So so it, it, it does add a layer of uh, issue. My heart got broken on Tuesday. Um, I went into the Dallas game uh, up 13, I believe, a little over 13. I needed to win uh, to get in in this league. Uh, and he had Amari Cooper, and mm-hmm. I was up until the very last catch mm-hmm. that Amari Cooper had. Uh, um, so I stayed up and watched that whole freaking game just to get my dreams crushed yeah, in garbage good, time because Lamar Jackson <laughs> and Baltimore just walked down the field and scored with two minutes to go, and then Dallas comes back and throws a couple couple passes Amari's way, and he ended up taking – taking my playoffs away from me and what what yeah what hurts me even more is I made a a very arrogant decision about four weeks prior to that um I said you know what I need a I want to run it back so I traded away uh Cam Akers uh and Jalen Rager for Joe Mixon thinking uh-huh. okay i'm gonna i'm making the playoffs my record is plenty good i'm making the playoffs i can afford to have joe mixon sit out for a couple weeks because it's not gonna hurt me my team was yeah. deep enough and then here we go joe mixon not playing this week nope he's not coming back this week nope not coming back this week uh and he sat on my ir the four weeks you know that i had him and here we are sitting out of the playoffs because i got beat by 0.7 points because of amari cooper and joe mixon a terrible trade decision on my part uh so arrogance got the best of me in that league so i wouldn't say arrogance but it got you it got you yeah this this year this year man everybody's out yeah well it's like you said in the pre-show right so it's just luck sometimes right it's the luck of the draw sometimes it works in your favor and sometimes it doesn't so I respect the luck of the game. You got it. I, I, yeah. I don't celebrate before, before it's over, before that whistle blow, I was on the other end on Tuesday. It's, it's crazy to have your whole season come down to a two, not even a Monday night game, a Tuesday night game. And you're coming it's unheard of until two. this year. It literally will never probably happen again. Yeah. <laughs> special, special way to lose. And I almost, I was in a different boat and I ended up like by the, skin of my teeth surviving Hollywood Brown I was up by 15 and he caught that touchdown I'm like no 
<laughs> and then yeah. I'm like, it'll be okay. I'm up by three points and half point PPR. He's got to catch a ball for 20 yards. And sure enough, he didn't have another catch. Escaped. Yep. It's wild. A whole season coming down to that play. That it is. Yep. It's definitely an interesting season. You know, guys going on COVID and being missed and, you know, missing games and whatnot. out. And, uh, you know, I'm in a in the playoffs in another league. I've been without CMC all year long. And here we go into the playoffs. I'm thinking I'm going to get him back. And now it looks like it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Now I'm starting to question, what do I do with my flex? You know, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's an odd year. So CMC and Barkley just gone. Yeah. We don't get them this year. We don't get them. We don't get to see them play. How sad it's been. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, uh, it was good, good catching up, but we're going to go ahead and get into this week's session. All right, so we're going to start up with the quarterback position, and I'm going to actually start us off, and we're going to talk about two rookies. Uh, we're going to talk about Tua and Justin, Justin Herbert, that is, the Herbs. Uh, both of these guys have a pretty prolific uh, college career, right? Guys who started multiple years for a, a, a top-tier organization, uh, very good touchdown-to-interception ratios, good completion percentages, yards per attempt. Uh, all that stuff. They had great careers. Uh, myself, I was a big Justin Herbert guy. Uh, I was one of the few that were worried about Tua and his hip injury and whatnot, and it, it doesn't look like that's holding him back. But uh, I, I'm going to marry Justin Herbert, and I'm going to I'm gonna be the mistress for Tua. And here's kind of the reasoning behind that. Uh, one, I love the deep ball. And, and Justin Herbert, uh, when throwing the deep ball, is over – he's a, a 101.8 passer rating when throwing the deep ball, and he throws it a lot. Tua is not good at it right now. Now, part of that may be due to the fact that Preston Williams is out and a couple other things, but he's at a 51% deep ball percentage. Uh, not not good at all. And the floor that you would think you would get with Tua with his rushing is not, is not really there right now. Um, uh, so, so I would expect that to change a little bit, uh, you know, once they get maybe their receivers back and what they want to do with the running pack position, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but even with all that stuff, to me, the coaching is, is the, the key factor for me on why I want to marry Justin Herbert, Anthony Lynn in his four years as a head coach has had a top 10 passing offense every year. The guy just <laughs> likes to throw the ball. Um, so I, I really like having a coach that leans on throwing the ball when I'm talking about quarterbacks. Now, there is some skepticism around where's Anthony Lynn going to be next year? Is he on the hot seat? Is he going to get replaced? You know, what what's going to happen there? Uh, but as of right now, I'm going with a guy who's got a top 10 passing offense every year he's been a head coach, uh, including his his one game. Uh, I believe is all it was when he was in Buffalo uh, and moved from the, the coordinator position into the head coach. Uh, Brian Flores, on the other hand, in his two years, he's been 12th and 24th. So a little inconsistent. I know they're rebuilding. Their receiving core is not anywhere near the level of what uh, uh, L.A.'s is, in my opinion. No, when you look at Devontae Parker versus Keenan Allen, definitely hands down taking Keenan Allen. When I look at Preston Williams versus Mike Williams, uh, I'm, I'm going to take Mike Williams just because of injuries right now. Uh, I think talent wise, it might be questionable at this point. Uh, but 
uh, injuries uh, is going to make me lean Preston Williams, or I'm sorry, Mike Williams. When you look at tight ends, you got Hunter Henry versus Mike Gesicki. I think it, you know, to me, it's kind of a wash at this point. And then the running back position, you've got, you know, Eckler, which is hands down to me the best, you know, the best option at PPR right now at the running back position, especially with what's happening with Alvin Kamara right now. So, <laughs> and not to get you going on Alvin Kamara, I know, I know that's a, a sore subject for most people right now, but um, yeah. So with all that stuff being said, uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Justin Herbert as my marriage candidate and Tua uh, as my mistress candidate. What's your take on that, Sean? Um, I have to agree. I was thinking of like the way you broke it down. It's very similar to kind of what Berkey was saying a little bit ago too. in his breakdown of it is uh, like Flores too is going to play. It looks like he just wants, I think Tua is going to be a better real life quarterback possibly someday. But when it comes to fantasy football, what we're talking about here, you highlighted exactly why you want Herbert over Tua. It just, it's, you just seen the cannon. I mean, Herbert's got that again, that, that long ball cooking that um it's taken a so when you when it comes to fantasy points and two i think herbert too has got some rushing that we haven't really seen yet too he can move a little bit it's crazy but the guy the physical gifts he's got i was high on Tua coming in but when it comes to fantasy especially right now and the way i think the future goes i think miami is going to be a winning team but i don't necessarily know about Tua. i don't know i like Tua. it's tough i think i think you summed it up pretty well yeah it's weird like i <laughs> Brian Flores likes to win football games. Like that's what he wants to do. And he's going to do whatever he needs to, to win that. Sometimes that may be on the arm of Tua. Sometimes they may, may be on the legs of Tua. Sometimes that may be on Miles Gaskin or whoever the running back of the future is, if it's not him. Whereas as Anthony Lynn has shown you, uh, he's going to lean on his quarterback more than anything. Uh, so it, it's, it's interesting, uh, but a, a very true take as well. So, um, the only, the only, my only critique is I do think Lynn's fucking toast, but I think Herbert's got the skills. To, I, I I mean, he needs to be. But then again, we you never know. Doug Marone still has a job. Adam Gay still has a job. So it's crazy. You never know <laughs> yeah, right. who's going to keep their job and who's not. So yeah, exactly, exactly. It's amazing. It amazes me sometimes who deserves their job, and who doesn't, according to owners. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. That's the only thing I'd be worried about. But I still like. I fantasy wise, I still think two of them might be the better real life quarterback, but you got yourself the better fantasy quarterback in Herbert. Yep, for sure. All right, let's move over to the running back position. And uh, Sean, give us a couple names that you're talking about. So we're at uh, who we get, Miles Gaskin and Damian Harris. Yeah. Yep. We're talking about here. Okay, so this, again, the marriage or mistress theme, I sometimes have a trouble adapting to it because I play the game. In, in a strategy in a different way, but it really fits um, the way I feel about Gaskins as my mistress and Damian Harris as uh, my marriage candidate. And when it comes to 2020 though, you definitely want Miles Gaskin is how I feel about him. He has been by far, yeah, he's been more surprising to me than James Robinson. Cause I look at James Robinson, he's at this unique, amazing size at 225. And then you look at Miles Gaskin, who's 200 pounds. He's 200 pounds, and they're giving the ball 20, 25 times a game. It's been incredible, the consistency in a PPR that Miles Gaskin has given you. He's getting like five targets a game, just been crushing it. And it's been amazing. Like Jordan Howard and uh, 
who was Brita too. I was, it made me angry in the beginning <laughs> of the year because I had Brita everywhere. I'm like, I was getting Brita for nickels and just, just putting them in my pocket. And it turns out Brita's not worth anything because Miles Gaskins is the man. So it's crazy what he's done this year. I have a very hard time. And what it comes down to for Miles Gaskin, if I wasn't competing, I would sell him. And because I think his value is at an all time high. So I would sell him because I think with those draft picks, those two first rounders, those two second rounders, as you were talking about before we were talking here, is that they're going to take somebody that, that this whole offense looks right now is they want the running back to be a feature part of this. And so take those touches that he's getting and give them to a guy. When I watch Miles Gaskin play, he's 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 good. There's nothing special about him uh, to me. He's got a quickness. He's got some bursts. He's he hits the hole. He's got he's got pretty damn good vision. Like he's a good running back, but just at his size, I have a hard time believing uh, that he is going to continue to be the focal point of that offense, the way that team is built right now. So I would be trying to get, get off the train, but if I needed him and I was competing and I could get him for um, even like a second right now, cause you get, if you needed a running back and you just lost CMC and you just have all these other guys, cause we all know right now the bloodbath is going out. I would definitely feel comfortable with his floor heading into the playoffs. If I had to throw him in there. Um, I forget what his schedule is. I think I had it somewhere. Um, yeah, I'll pull it up while uh, while you're chatting. So let's go into Damian Harris because we talked about uh, Mr. Gaskin. I know. Uh, Damian has surprised me this year. He's been he. And this is another thing about size. He's only like two ten, two fifteen, but he runs heavier than that too. It feels like he is a load, and I've liked what I've seen from him. The New England's such a mess, and wanting a New England running back. It's ridiculous that I'm marrying this man. Like, I don't want him. He's just like, I'm settling for something because I think he'll retain value. The reason I'm going to marry him is I think he'll retain value in the next year. James White is probably not coming back. He might. Who knows? Burkhead just can't seem to ever stay on the field. Same as Sony. He's been so inconsistent. And Harris has looked good. Uh, they're always going to need the running game in New England. So I think Belichick's done with all the draft capital he's spent on running backs recently. He's not going to want to throw another one at a running back. Because Damian Harris has proven himself to be pretty decent this year. So I don't know how he's doing tonight. I think the Patriots probably look like uh, horse poo-poo. But the, that, the thing is with Damian Harris, the Patriots have to be good for him to be good. And that's a hard thing to bet on right now. Um, but Belichick will have another year to figure things out. I don't think he's going anywhere. So that's why I'll settle for him. Because I think he'll have some value as where I see Gaskins could fall off a cliff with something happening and not have much for you next year. Yeah, I think that's a that's fair. You know, when you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, who's the short term value versus who the who's the long term value? To your point, Miles Gaskin's value is probably as high as it's going to get. Right? He's more that complimentary kind of piece. I still think he, you know, the Miami organization really likes him. Uh, you know, he was a they did draft him. Right? He's not an undrafted guy. Mm -hmm. He did get drafted in the seventh round. They've had a lot of good things to talk about or talk uh, uh, to say about him. But like you said, he's that complimentary piece. Most likely they're either going to bring somebody in or draft somebody that they want to be the bell cow, and he'll have a role. Their schedule's not the greatest. They they play the Chiefs this week, then they follow that up with the Patriots, then the Raiders, then the Bills, right? So it's not the, the easiest playoff schedule, but he's, I don't want to say he's matchup proof, but he's going to, you know, he's going to be on the field if he's healthy. He's going to catch balls. He's going to get you a solid PPR floor, even if he's not getting a huge amount of rushing work. Whereas, like you said, Damian Williams, 
if anything, his value most likely is going to increase a little bit in the offseason because of what you said, James White being gone, Sonny Michelle just being trash, Rex Burkhead not being able to stay on the field. Uh, and he's not going to really do anything for you this year. So maybe he's the more long-term play uh, than what Gaskins is. So, yeah, I would I would agree with that stuff. Cool. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Um, All right. Well, when you were talking, but I lost, I lost my train of thought. Oh, well, let's move on. <laughs> Well, if you if if it pops back in, interrupt. We'll we'll bring it in. <laughs> it will. It'll, it'll make an appearance before we're done here. It'll come. I like it. I like it. All right. So so I'm going to kick us off with wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to go again with a couple rookies. Uh, not to to take rookie fever forecast over or anything, but uh, Gabriel Davis and Colin Johnson are my two. Right, two pretty hot names right now. Colin Johnson coming off a pretty good game uh, a few weeks ago with Mike Glennon against the Browns. Gabriel Davis having a couple weeks of, of pretty decent production with the Bills with John Brown being out. Uh, so those are those are my two guys I'm going to talk about. Uh, Gabriel Davis is a is really, really, really good. Uh, I liked him coming out of UCF. He had a breakout age of 19. Uh, he doesn't drop the ball. He's right now on the bills is the biggest and tallest receiver that they have, right? He's six foot two, about 215 ish pounds, somewhere in around there. Uh, he's got the skills and you can already see it as a rookie that Josh Allen likes him, right? Because when John Brown's on the field, he's still getting those high value targets in, in the red zone. When John Brown is not on the field, this dude is on he is a 97% snap share. He's on the field for damn near the entire game when John Brown's not. Uh, and I think that the bills are in a position to move away from John Brown next year. Um, his contract is they're, they're only going to take about 600,000 in uh, dead cap space and they're going to save almost 5 million. Now they're not in a huge position where they need to save cap space, but I, what I envision is the coach sees what they have in Gabriel Davis, and they're going to save that $5 million and invest it somewhere else in the team. Um, and they'll, they'll hold on to Beasley because he's still under contract. They do lose Isaiah McKenzie, which is uh, kind of peanuts. Uh, he does get some deep balls every once in a while. I actually think he had a touchdown catch this week. Or, well, yeah. m- Monday night I think he had one. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, so Gabriel Davis is going to be my marriage candidate because I think there's a clearer – path he's got a better quarterback uh and he's gonna be the uh you know getting single coverage when Stefan Diggs is taking double coverage uh so I feel like he's gonna have a clearer path to being productive in the short term and you can get him cheap right now Colin Johnson on the other hand I think is a flash in the pan uh he really only had one good season at uh, uh, Texas so I don't see him producing as well one because that organization is just a shit show for lack of a better term uh you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be you know is it going to be Gardner they taking a Justin Fields or or uh you know uh, uh Mac or uh you know Trey Lance you know whoever these quarterbacks are that are coming out are they taking one of them or are they going to roll with Gardner you got to think they're taking a rookie quarterback so now you got to deal with the growing pains of a rookie you know and I don't see it's not every year you see Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert come out and light the world on fire like they did this year. Right. So uh, now the one kind of thing that does help Colin Johnson is they are losing three people most likely to, to unrestricted free agency. They're going to lose Keelan Cole, Chris Conley and DD Westbrook. 
So that leaves DJ Shark, who is already not happy in his position. He's already been very public with that. Uh, so there is that path for Colin Johnson. I just don't see him producing in it. Uh, he's very lanky. He's tall. He's not super explosive. So I see it being very difficult for him if he finds himself in a position against top corners. I don't think he's going to be able to create separation, and I don't think he's going to be able to really produce with it. Uh, so Gabriel Davis, Colin Johnson, I'm marrying Gabriel Davis, and Colin Johnson's my mistress. So what I was thinking of when you were talking, I'm really hoping that John Brown is healthy. Is he healthy right now? Uh, I don't know if he's planning on playing this week or not. I think he got a limited practice in. I hope he does to drive down Gabe's value so I can buy him cheaper. That's Wouldn't what that I'm rooting nice? for right now. Because <laughs> you're not going to want to play Gabe Davis right now unless you're really desperate. And um, But I definitely want in from what I've seen from him. I think I, you highlighted a lot of things about it. I think he is just a much better athlete too than Colin Johnson. But um, So yeah, so John Brown has one more week. Yeah, John Brown has one more week on IR just to throw that out there. All right, there you go. Get so, back, get healthy, get healthy, Mr. Brown. Yep. We need you back. We need you back. We need to keep this a secret. We need to keep Gabe a secret. Yes, I, I love the kid. I'm going to talk about him on Rookie Fever Forecast tonight as well. Uh, so if you're wanting some statistics on him, tune in to Rookie Fever Forecast, uh, and uh, you'll get to hear that stuff. So I always do. That's right. I'm a company, I'm a company man. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. So I, I hear you got a couple wide receivers for us to talk about too, Sean. So, so kick oh, us yeah, off on that. To, I get to talk about two of my favorites here. So it's kind of tough to choose between these guys. We got Allen Robinson and Bobby Trees. And those who don't know who Bobby Trees is, it's simply Robert Woods. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Bobby is these both, both these guys got a dear place, a, a, a special place in my heart. I love, these are two guys I was targeting last season um, and through this year. And they've been really helpful on my teams this year. But at the same time, You've got uh, – Allen has been tough to trust this year, man. It's been like every point he's get, it's like 75% of his points come in the fourth quarter. It is it is stressful owning Allen Robinson right now because of the shit show he's got to deal with. I see it firsthand. These morons, these morons over here just throwing the ball. They can't, can't hit nothing. But A-Rob, the acrobat that he is, man, just those meat, those giant paws just bringing it in. Uh, he's just a special guy. I absolutely got to marry a Rob. He is just, he is a true trophy to, uh, to behold. He is a true, true trophy wife. He's a trophy wife. He's um, I am praying that he leaves Chicago and finds a home that can appreciate him and a, a, a nice man that'll take care of him the way that he deserves to be treated because this guy is an incredible talent that has just been suffering his whole career and I think it's become like a uh, – there's a movement right now, I think, in the fantasy world to free A-Rob. I think we all want it, especially the ones that, that really believe in him. He's gone under the radar a little bit. So I absolutely got to marry A-Rob. And Bobby is – is what you can't say a bad thing about Mr. Bobby Trees. You really can't, and, I, and I'm not going to, I don't think, because he's been steady Eddie – since he's been with the Rams, he's just someone, especially in a PPR format where you just want to throw him in there. So if you, you still can use like, he's, I would actually trust. I don't know if I trust Bobby more than if who, that would be a tough start to sit decision right now. Like a Rob versus like right now, I don't know what, how I would choose. 
because again, you got the the heartbreak kid with Allen Robinson and then steady Eddie with Bobby. So depends on if I was favored or not. And I needed the upside. I'd probably play A-Rod. But you got, you're still going to enjoy Bobby on your team, but you, you got to choose A-Rob in this situation. You, the upside is everything. A-Rob can be a top five wide receiver if he gets, finds the right home. And that, that is just, and that is just not a hot take by any means. That is just a fair objective statement that I think if you don't agree with, then you haven't seen A-Rob play. Yeah, I, I think people probably just think about Allen Robinson in his years with the Bears and Mitch Trubisky, and and they forget about uh, his 1,400-yard, 14-touchdown season in Jacksonville, right? His sophomore year in Jacksonville was unbelievable, was right? So, so that's the player you're getting. It's just he's been held back by Mitch Trubisky, right, and Nick Foles. So if, if you can release him, and he sees another 14, I think he can beat that season. Now, I don't think he can beat 14 touchdowns. I think that's probably a little high, but I think he can be a 16, 1700-yard receiver because he's so good, and nobody, he can't be covered. No, There's no cornerback that can play defense with him. Um, he's just excellent. Um, you know what he reminds me of is the route running of Keenan Allen. He's got that, that shake and bake of Keenan Allen, but he's a little bit bigger. Yep. And um, that's just what he is to me. He's yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, you could almost, I don't know if this is a good comparison or not, but this is what I'm going to throw it out. If you could take Keenan Allen and Des Bryant and you put them in a blender and you just fucking let it go, that's like Allen it. Robinson. I like to that. Me. Because Dude, he's big. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah he's Keenan Allen and Des Bryant's baby. I like <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so i'm gonna put you on a, on a quick spot what's your okay. dream landing spot for a rob where do you want to see i try not to even do it because it's i try not to even do it nothing really comes to mind but if you say it i'll be like yes that's it um who chucks it i mean green bay would be cool um that would be insane actually oh god wouldn't it him and Devontae adams together <laughs> oh my <laughs> god Jesus, no way, dude. Dude. I want to uh, see two guys that good on the same team. That's why I think I'm rooting for that. It's funny. I live in Chicago, grew up here. I'm it's I never really had a much of a loyalty to the Bears growing up. I was a weird kid. I had, again, I liked the San Antonio Spurs growing up, and I grew up in Chicago in the 90s. I was just that's who I was, <laughs> man. Middle child, black sheep, just had to be different. Um, so I could see that. Yeah, I had I had dreamt a little bit, you know, early on in the season in Philly. I would have loved to have seen Carson Wentz with a true weapon, um, but I, I just it's so volatile there. I don't. That's not a juicy landing spot to me anymore. You know, um, yeah, not anymore. Not yeah, anymore. Yeah. So so you're you're right. It's tough to kind of think. You know, what would be a good spot for him? Um, anybody, it's just a good out again, quarterback. You just want to match up with an accurate quarterback. Yep. Um, I'm not even worried if he goes to another team. Like I said, that's why I even named Green Bay when Adams there is it doesn't matter to me. I think, uh, like that target share, too. I think guys create their own targets. I'm a big believer in this, too, of of how the offense goes. I'm not really worried about being second fiddle to Devontae Adams as long yeah. as Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, the efficiency will be incredible, exactly. So, um, I'm not terribly worried i would just want him to go with a 
good quarterbacks. I guess I would just name the best quarterbacks and be happy with any of those. Yeah, what about Houston? That that'd be a, oh a my nice. Yeah, Wouldn't that be a, a nice spot? That's that's probably like the yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, you know, he's getting drafted in the first round type of hype. Uh, that would be a nice marriage. I'm a big Watson fan, so yeah. shout out to Dick Face, uh, Mr. Driving Force. We have a bet. He, this idiot bet me that Watson wouldn't be top eight this year. No, and I'm like, uh, come on, he's gonna yeah. find it. I don't care that he doesn't have nuke. He's awesome. He's special. Well, and it's it's surprising, but there were a lot of people who were on that train of well, Deshaun Watson's not as good without Nuke. And it's like I don't I don't know that those two things go together necessarily. Right? right. So, no, Nuke is great, and Watson's great, and yeah, he sucks. But I like it. I wasn't bailing on him. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna move on. So we talked about our marriage candidates. Uh, now we're gonna hit on some guys that everybody should be thinking about adding and trading on for the cheap because they have the potential of gaining value in the off season, right? And you're, that's always something you're looking at in dynasty is how can I gain value and capitalize on it? So pay some, pay attention to these guys. See if you can get them on the cheap. We're going to call this segment high hopes. All right. So I'll, I'll kick us off with my two names real quick. And my first one's going to be Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, and it's probably not a very popular pick, but Leonard Fournette's gone next year. They're they're not going to re-sign him, so that leaves two two running back. Well, three if you count Kenyon Barner, but I'm not going to count him. Uh, so so you're looking at two running backs. That's Rojo, who I don't really think anybody actually likes as a running back. Uh, people say they do, but it's normally only the people that own him in fantasy. Uh, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, so, so the big question lands, well, where does Bruce Arians trust lie with Rojo and how much work is he going to get next year? Nobody knows, right? Uh, it seems that Rojo's inability to hold on to the football, his inability to catch the football uh, is going to put him, continue to put him in the doghouse, in my opinion. So now let's talk about Keyshawn Vaughn. The dude broke out at 18 years old in Illinois got into some trouble his sophomore year, had had some, uh, I'll say, disciplinary issues, uh, transferred to Vanderbilt, uh, and continued to dominate. The guy had over a 40% dominator rating, uh, and I've heard people and critics relate his skill set, not him as a player, but his skill set to Dalvin Cook. He can run the ball, he's got good vision, he's powerful, and he can catch the ball. The other really good thing for him is he's a really talented pass blocker which rojo fucking sucks at like he's not good at it um he was terrible at it last year he's improved but he's still not good uh so i see the opportunity for Keyshawn vaughn to kind of snuggle himself into that role uh and then he's gonna flash with cat pass catching and that's gonna gain him more and more playing time when Fournette leaves his value is going to naturally increase because he's going to become the rb2 uh, pending some Bruce Arians magic of bringing some running back in, right? And that's always, uh, you know, always a possibility. Bruce Arians has already been quoted talking about, hey, we really like Keyshawn Vaughn. We like his skill set. He's still learning some things, and it's hard to get him on the active roster. Those, there's a disconnect for me there. Okay, if he's really good, you're going to find a way to get him on your active roster. Uh, so something's, something's not jiving there. Uh, and I'm not sure what it is. Uh, but I still don't see his value going below what it is right now. I think you could go get Keyshawn Vaughn, 
uh, for a third round pick, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd go much mm -hmm. higher than that uh, because of the depth of the class uh, coming out, but I, I would give a third round pick for a guy who could potentially be the starting running back halfway through next season. So I, for me, I think it's a matter of time that he takes over. So that's, that's number one, Keyshawn Vaughn. The other one to take a look at is Evan Ingram. And this is the tight end I've had a man crush on for a long time. He's number three in targets. He's number two in routes run for tight ends. He's number eight in air yards. His problem is the offense, and he is dropping the ball every once in a while. He does, uh, I believe he's number two in drops among tight ends. I think he's got eight right now. Uh, but the guy's only 26 years old. That is young buck when it comes to tight ends. So he's super young. Nobody is going to charge you an upcharge for a tight end right now if they're not named Kittle, Kelsey, or I'll say Mark Andrews. That, that's probably about it after you get out of those three. Uh, and I'm, I feel like I'm missing one. Am I missing a tight end? Wait, say again? Oh, your top tight ends? Between Andrews, Kelsey, and Kittle. Is there another oh, one in there? Oh, come on. Cuckoo Kachu, my friend. Ah, Darren Waller. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The walrus. That's right. Yeah. Thank he you for that. I knew spot. I was I've it just felt bad. He was he was yeah. tapping me on the shoulder. Uh, was, that was my guy. That was my call this year. That was my he's he's I've, it's all well documented. We don't even need to say it anymore. The people know. The people very nice. know how to feel about the walrus. Very nice. So yeah, so because you're not paying up for one of those four, I feel like you can get Evan Ingram pretty cheap. And as that offense continues to learn under Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, I feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to go up for him, and you can get him at a pretty decent price right now. So those are my two buy lows and think about in the offseason uh, if you're, you're trying to, to build up your team. So, Sean, give me a couple names uh, if you got any on guys that you're looking to target and gain some value with. Man, a few things first. You nailed those first two. Uh, I really like the Evan Ingram one, but the Keyshawn Vaughn, man, I did a dance, a very, very, like, uh, just terribly over-possessive lovers this this year. I fell in love with him, and then I sold him, and then I fell in love. I sold, like, right around the draft time, I was so all in on Keyshawn Vaughn. I think I took him at, like, 108 or 109, like, just, just took him way too early. I ended up, thank God, selling him for Debo Samuel. I got lucky. I got out before. Wow. I got out before because um, I knew right during I play the market, like especially during that time of the year, I knew that I wasn't the only one that was falling in love with him. I knew I felt when I'm trading too. so much as knowing the market. And I've said this many times. I don't enjoy the pod fodder, but I know a lot of people do. So I listen to him. I, I try to listen to main stuff to see who's where the mentality is and try to take advantage of those things. And I didn't think I got really lucky with Keyshawn twice. I got out before it was too late. I ended up selling Keyshawn, overpaying for Dobbins, like before the season started, um, and got lucky before the four before Fournette came, and it just all <laughs> fell apart. But I'd love to see that kid bounce back, man. I was really excited about him as a prospect. He was, I was, he was, like right outside the big five. He was one of those guys I wanted to take, like right outside those first five. He was right there, the clear. He was the clear number six. Um, and I hope to see that happen. So Ingram's too a great one. They had a tough early schedule, the they Giants, did. and they were just trash. And now they, like, I've been starting Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard in a redraft, and it's been fine for me. In a PPR, yep. I've been just getting this nice steady floor. I'm not going to get, like, Evan Ingram finally had a good game right before he got, uh, right before, um, I, I think, I hope, I'm really praying this week. This is really important. 
I just missed a bye week last week because of Benny the Snail getting stuffed three times. <laughs> I need Daniel Jones to play because that gives me a good tight end and I can throw Sterling Shepard in there. And yep. I'm really hoping it's possible. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, Sterling Shepard's a great floor play. You know, he's going to be good for eight targets uh, and he'll catch five or six of them and give you 60 yards. Right. He every once in a while, he might throw a touchdown in there, but it, it, he's a he's a good PPR floor play, uh, you know, as like a wide receiver four, you know, three, four if you need it. So awesome. Um, all right. Do you have a player you wanted to talk about or no? Yeah. And this kind of year, he's a port in a storm, people. This is why Berkey, I think, did so well this year is finding guys like that. that you can just um, to survive in those in the ridiculous storm that is 2020. But yeah, yep. I got one guy and I'm going to give a shout out and all. I like the way that Matty Daddy, he said it. And I think it was so good that it needs to be said twice. So shout out to Mr. Matty Daddy with this take. I'm just going to re repeat what he said. I'm not even going to do my own work on this one. Uh, he said, Darnell Mooney, and this is the mastermind trader that he is. He thinks about Allen Robinson, the hype about Allen Robinson leaving town in Chicago. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about Darnell the Mooney. Darnell the Mooney. And he's looked good on the field, man. The guy's lightning quick. Um, he's been getting down the field targets. There are going to be targets to be had. Like, you can build a narrative for Darnell Mooney, and it's going to happen, I feel like, especially if he has – they have a cake schedule right now down the stretch. He has one big game, man. His price is going to go up. Uh, so getting in on that, also, too, you kind of – it's tough right now. You almost want to do it tonight if you still can, but you might, might be too late. But Darnell Mooney's price, I'd love to get in on that, and I don't know – He's going to be a nice asset. We'll see. But he's somebody I'd love to sell in the offseason on hype. He's someone I'd like to get in on now, maybe hold on to him. Uh, but he's someone's price I can see on the rise coming into with Allen Robinson hype and a loss of targets going on in Chicago. Uh, but then again, you still have Dick Weed and Tweedledum throwing the ball. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just talking out of my ass here. Matty, your take sucks. Never mind. Yeah, it's changing, changing your mind. <laughs> I like it. Um, pivot. We call that pivoting. We're pivoting. It's, 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 I had to man. Talking through. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't think about it this way before. Yeah, you may um, not want to play him, but you're not wrong. Like, if you can get him now, as soon as Allen Robinson leaves and signs somewhere else, his value is going to go up. It, it's bring, just the nature of the beast. Yep. Then they're going to bring Sam Darnold in, and then it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man anything that involves sam darnold and great is just laugh laughing material at this point right now uh, yep so all right well i think that's gonna wrap us up sean dude i appreciate it man it's been a little too fun here man i didn't expect to have this much fun I'm yeah really i'm, I'm kind of a boring here. guy you know so it's like this idiot this, this guy who hates Jamestown. I got to talk to this guy for an hour. Oh, shit. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, you can find me at, at Affair Brad on Twitter. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Listen to Rookie Fever Forecast, our Monday all uh, group pod, Hot by Happy Hour. We posted up last night. So go take that a listen and a watch. Uh, be sure to go check out fffair.com, all of our good articles. Brian Craighead putting out the waiver start-sit decisions. Uh, Eric Borkholder just put out a great uh, two-part article on DFS strategy. So if you're a DFS player, go take that a look. Whether you're experienced or new, it's a great read uh, on strategy and how to build your lineup. Uh, again, Sean, dude, I appreciate it. Uh, and until till next time, for all of us at Fantasy Affair, I'm Brad Stickler. Stay classy, San Diego. All right. Break. 
Sunday.